Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. New U.S. sanctions on Iran took effect today. Since when Senate President Trump pulled the U.S. out of the international nuclear deal. The sanctions target Iran's shipping, financial, and energy sectors, all key to the country's already struggling economy. The bombs, which the FBI referred to as improvised explosive devices, were sent to the FBI's bomb laboratory in Quantico, Virginia. We're in Mexico again tonight as thousands of migrants try to find a faster way to the U.S. border. The White House says it's now getting help from the Mexican Breaking news out of Pittsburgh. The man accused in the shooting at the uh, synagogue in Pittsburgh is pleading not guilty, and he also wants a jury trial. He's facing a 44 counsel. In the final seconds before the Boeing 737 Max crashed into the water, it was traveling at more than 500 kilometers an hour. All 189 people on board were killed. You've now entered the House of Mystery. Crime, conspiracy, history, and science. With your hosts, Al Warren, Mike Brown, Julie Saab, Michael Butterfield, Dr. Joseph Usinski, and Michael Hawley. Heard on KCAA 106.5 FM Los Angeles, 102.3 FM Riverside, and 105.0 AM Palm Springs. Welcome back into the House of Mystery. I'm your host today, Al Warren, and joining me for the interview is Michael Hawley. Hey, Mike. Hello. How you doing? <laughs> doing good. So now we're in your specialty today, Jack the Ripper, um, what you're known for, uh-huh. and ripping off Jack. And <laughs> holy, now, so we've got one of the great writers um, all the way from the UK, Paul yes. Begg. So, Paul Begg, thank you for being here. You're welcome. Uh, thank you for inviting me. So, Paul, now uh, let's just find out where you got started. How you've written a lot of books on this subject. What got you into this um, this killer? Well, I'd, I was not so much interested in true crime or indeed in serial killers at all. Originally, um, it was historical mysteries that uh, that I was interested in, and of course, Jack the Ripper was a historical mystery. So I'd read a number of books uh, as and when they were published uh, on the subject, and then it was getting close to the centenary, uh, 
and I was looking for a book to write, and I thought, well, I could write one on Jack the Ripper because I'd researched a, a lot of stuff out uh, about the crimes. And I realized that, as bizarre as it may sound, that nobody had actually written a book about the crimes themselves and the police investigation. Uh, the big thing then, of course, uh, as as it still is, is the identity of the killer. And I thought, well, if I didn't discuss the suspects and, and all the rest of it and just concentrated on the crimes, then I would have a book that was pretty different. <clears throat> and so I started approaching publishers with this idea. And that was tough because most of them uh, were wanting a book that offered... Uh, some a new suspect, and and I didn't want to do that. So eventually, uh, that man called Jeremy Robson at Robson Books uh, had the courage to go with a non-suspect related Jack the Ripper book, and that was it. Really, uh, that the uh, the book was written and published and accepted, and uh, proved to be uh, quite successful. And that was uh, the book was Jack the Ripper, the uncensored facts. Is that correct? That's right. Yes, yes. Not that there were any facts in it that had been uncensored be- prior to me writing it, but uh, or or se- subsequent to my writing it. But that was a title that the publisher chose, just to give it a little frisson of interest, I suppose. But uh, <clears throat> well, yeah. So the, the, I'm uh, really excited about this interview because. Of us that do research within that area, we have uh, people we call expert of experts. And it's funny, one of the uh, ripperologists on this side of the states, uh, uh, Brian Young, he calls uh, uh, the expert of experts the uh, kind of a, an Americanism, kind of like in the Dear Boss letter, but an Americanism that uh, the Mount Rushmore of experts. And, Paul, you are one of them. Sorry to uh, – ah. You know, and I know you are very humble, but uh, we were, uh, you know, I, when I was talking to Brian about uh, getting the interview, this was a kind of an exciting time, especially because I am, you know, I do a, a research on this particular suspect, and what uh, what is really wanting is the expert that is really not really a suspect expert, but an expert of everything, and that tries not to kind of be pigeonholed, and. Uh, and also, uh, you know, the the book that uh, I love of yours is called, you know, the Jack the Ripper A to Z. Mm-hmm. And and what you do is, I, I think, was it the first one? It was like 1991, and then That's you keep right, on, yes. and you keep on updating. Yep, well, I'm just working with some colleagues uh, now to uh, do do a new update, which should be published uh, hopefully at the end of this year, but I suspect that it will be uh, early next year now because it's just uh, it's just getting bigger all the time. <laughs> my uh, my version is the 1996 one that I have here. So yeah, and then your name I have uh, Martin Fido's hands uh, signature. I have Keith Skinner's, but I'm looking for yours, so I'm going to take a trip to the UK someday to get this. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. yeah, it is. I'm impressed that you've got Martin and Keith. Uh, the three of us, we we tended never. We we obviously we got together whenever we could, um, but it, it was very rare that we ever got together in the same place 
for an event of some sort. So unless you knew us and, and, and sort of, not that we hid away, but unless you came for a beer or something, <laughs> the likelihood of coming across the three of us together was, was, was remote. So a lot of people have got uh, combinations of our signatures, but uh, it's rare to get all three. <laughs> Which yeah, I, I think, suppose makes the book uh, quite valuable, really. <laughs> well, I was excited that uh, Martin Fido was the keynote speaker at the Ripper Conference in Baltimore, and uh, and I got to speak myself, and so then I, I sneaked his, and then uh, Keith Skinner was in Liverpool, so I sneaked his, and then uh, so, but uh, I got him at a weak moment, so I could get that. So now it's somehow I'm going to have to find a way to <laughs> do that as well. <laughs> but well, we we'll, we'll, we'll. I'm I'm available. <laughs> and what's the nice thing about also with within the Ripper research community, uh, we you know we're focusing on a lot of research and then trying to write the best we can. And the the exciting thing, uh, and I've talked about this before. My background was I actually did peer review in the, the physical sciences, and there is a set peer review process, uh, and in in, in when we're working in the ripperology community, it, it's more it, – we don't have that set. But there's one area where uh, I wanted to take advantage of is uh, that we have this niche magazine called Ripperologist. And, yeah. uh, you know, we that's where we get to publish. And uh, so the nice thing also is there is a, a book reviewer. You might know him, Paul. His name is Paul Begg. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, You've been I'm leaning and, on a pile of his books right now. <laughs> yes, and what is intriguing to me is uh, we we go through uh, we wait for Paul you to uh, give us our uh, a book review and why that's important and this is why your your very first book you said that you you know you wanted to kind of have an unbiased uh, not focused on any particular suspect and in the case of us uh, the suspect re- researchers. There is a, a lot of times, even some of the experts will say that, why do I want to read that particular book? Because obviously that person's bias. And so, and they'll put a spin on it, something to that effect. But what I'm excited about is when you had reviewed my books, you're not biased in that respect. And so it's clear. So uh, that right there, I think, is an, an exciting thing. Yes, I, I mean, I don't think that it serves any purpose to be biased. And, you know, really, one good thing that comes out of this is that what I think is the most important thing is sincerity. Uh, I've worked and helped research uh, books with, some, oddly enough, some, some perhaps most controversial would be books by Patricia Cornwell and uh, right. Shirley Harrison on the Maybrick Diary. And um, I'm very happy, to, as, as is Keith, we both have worked with, say, with Patricia. And um, she's very honest. She, she's very sincere. She's very passionate uh, in her belief that, uh, that Walter Sickert was Jack the Ripper. I try very hard not to... Be, uh, favor any suspect mm-hmm. but it's it's important I think to to have that freedom of mind because I can help Patricia research her 
favoured suspect and, and then help somebody else research theirs. It's the research, it's the information that they gather that's important. Right. Um, and if in the process they happen to prove that their suspect was Jack the Ripper, then um, so much the better. But the, the real probability is that we will probably never know for absolute certain who Jack right. the Ripper was. And so therefore um, the likelihood is that Jack the Ripper won't be any of these people. So, right, right. You, you know, you, you, you're not having to be committed to anything. I, right. I, 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 I like that feeling. It gives me the freedom to look at all the information that comes in um, with, without, as you say, any sort of prejudice. Yeah. The other interesting thing is when I, I look at, uh, there, are, there are a lot of people that have uh, done some credible research uh, but I do have noticed that some when I uh, we have a lot of uh, Facebook social media groups that we're communicating with each other, and some almost stop reading or researching. And the nice thing is because you're doing the book review, you keep up with the material. Uh, question: Has has it changed uh, from let's say from 1988 to now? the uh your mind at all on uh had what has there is it still the same for you the uh, understanding of the whitechapel mystery yes i i i think so i'm i mean all the time uh you get new information and you get a new perspective and the i think that's what keeps you going mm. Uh, I didn't, uh, well, 30 years ago, I didn't imagine that I would be the 30 years down the line. Uh, I would still be churning out material about Jack the Ripper, and I've tried to write other things, but people won't let me. If I... <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, the thing about Jack the Ripper has always been that we didn't, we never really had the depth of knowledge, the depth of information um about almost anybody uh and now we're getting that we the colleague of mine adam wood has just uh, written this tremendous uh, biography of of uh, swanson for example who as you know was the uh, one of the uh investigators of the ripper crime but a lot of other crimes as well right and that book really sets the 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 bar for uh, police biographies but the important thing is is that now we have a book that gives us a lot of insight into the character and personality of that particular man right and when we come to assess statements that he made then we are in a better position to be able to assess them properly because we now know more about him and but we're still lacking uh, that in-depth knowledge of people like um, other police investigators like McNaughton or Anderson or a full understanding of uh, the newspapers at the time. So basically your Jack the Ripper A to Z is going to get thicker and thicker and thicker. <laughs> uh, it's looking that way, yes. I mean, we're <laughs> changing the format a lot for the new edition with 
concentrating on on a lot of other things. Um, one of the things with, with the A to Z that was uh, interesting was that when we first uh, did that first edition of the book, uh, we were very conscious of the fact that almost anything uh, was was accepted. Mm-hmm. We would sorry, we would say things in the book such as um, that that uh, a theory or a book or some article should be treated with caution, which was basically uh, saying don't believe this uh, <laughs> things. But that's not necessary anymore. And, uh, and in fact, we feel quite embarrassed that, uh, looking back, that we uh, seemed, although we, it wasn't at the time, that we seemed so arrogant that we were in a position to tell other people what they could or couldn't uh, couldn't accept. But nowadays, so many people are very well informed about the subject, and as you will have noticed if you've been you know, following the Facebook sites or, or um, other ones like uh, the message boards on Casebook or JTR forums, you, you'll see that people have become quite aggressive, really, uh, yes. when they are challenging somebody else's theory. If some, somebody else comes up with something that they don't like, but that's good. That 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 is showing that uh, ripperologists are not prepared to accept anything, yeah. which is at one point they, is is what people commonly thought that they would be doing. So, oh yeah, here's another suspect. Yeah, the ripperologists will all accept that, and, yeah. but but they don't, and and what that's it, the big thing that's changed. And so the A to Z is changing that way as well. What is interesting about the case book, and this was a, a while ago when I would, was first starting to research, and uh, on casebook, I remember there are certain though there are certain experts, or they consider themselves experts because, uh, but there's a there's that psychological term called gaslighting, where yeah. when someone here it is again today's politics we see this all the time, but there it is that the person had said something and then honestly con- contradicts him or herself and so convincingly that people that don't, you know, that you almost change, your change of sense of reality is almost changed. And there was a case where this particular uh, uh, person that was, uh, uh, he was commenting about that. And I remember we had already had this dialogue before, clarified it, but he went right back to the original arguments. And then luckily you stepped in and then so once you stepped in all the they they like all that noise just kind of stopped so it was good to have you around at that time doesn't 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 always happen (laughs) exactly yeah so yeah especially some of the what they people that like profess to be the the black sheep of the group they like to uh, continue with that so it's interesting how that works so to me it's good to have someone around to uh, help that and uh, what's funny is that like Casebook and JTR forums, the dialogue can be pretty darn long. Now, the the Facebook groups, it's a little bit shorter, so people have to be a little more concise when they talk <laughs> or they communicate. Mm. So sometimes that's good. <laughs> well, of course, I, on Facebook, I, I notice really you get a lot of people who are very new to the subject, and so they are asking 
uh, all the the sort of questions that on Casebook or JTR forums w- would never get asked because everybody knows what the answer is. So mm-hmm. it's almost like the thing on, on on Facebook is that you'd get people saying, do you think it was the Duke of Clarence? Mm-hmm. And if you were to ask that on, on Casebook or JTR forums, yeah. uh, you would be lucky probably if you got a reply. And if you did, most of them just be, no, 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 right. no, no. That's <laughs> right. That's right. So it's, it's a lot shorter there. And you don't get the depth of research. I, I think um, it's interesting the way that they all break down. I don't know whether you noticed, but I think Casebook tends to have people discussing various aspects of the case in depth, whereas on JTR forums you get quite a lot of uh, original research being done yeah. by, uh, by people like Deborah, Arif, and so forth. Um, and, and so they, 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 you, know, you get different things on, on different sites. Right, and and I wonder if it's because of the the you know like the facilitators like Howard Brown does a great job of just keep on producing material, and uh, which I've actually taken advantage of his his site quite often, and um, definitely uh, because he's finding some really exciting things. And then Casebook also has you know the the Rippercast, which I I know you help out with with Jonathan Mengi's cool. that that really. It's also another place where people can come and then uh, find, uh, you know, listen to the experts talk when uh, you communicate. Well, I think Rippercast is uh, is terrific. It, it always was good in as much as you, as you say, you can listen to people talk. And one of the great things about that, I think, is that, is that when you listen to people talk and it's like, you with them when you meet them uh you realize that for the most part these are these are ordinary decent people yeah. uh that doesn't always come across from the written word very much and so um, right a pe- lot of people get angry with one another and i think sometimes if they were actually sitting having a a coffee or a beer or something together they wouldn't be anything right like as hostile yeah. So the, the Rippercast was very good from that point of view, and it, you, even if you weren't participating and you were just uh, listening, uh, it was interesting to listen to the people and, and, and get a feeling for them that way. But right. now, of course, after, what is it, 10 years, uh, I think Jonathan Menges has built up a, a tremendous archive of, of information and people Right, right, uh, and and a good few of them, sadly, are no longer with us. We've, you know, the the old the old crowd are are gone. Yeah, well, we're going to keep uh, you around, though, Paul. I know. Well, I I certainly hope so. I mean, I've got no intention of going anywhere, but <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, Martin, Keith, and I, I remember Richard Whittington Egan referring to us as the as the young lions, and and uh, quite recently we've been described as as the old farts, which is a <laughs> much less polite way of <laughs> describing us. But to have gone from one extreme to the other is quite <laughs> quite depressing. <laughs> so, but that's okay. But it's still, it's uh, I mean, 
and you have said it, and I remember Martin Fido was talking about the this uh, the well, I don't know. Within the last ten years, there's been this uh, influx, and it might because of be because of the social media. But there's a lot of interest, even on TV. There's a lot more documentaries coming out, good and bad. But sometimes it's interesting because some of the documentaries that we'll see on, let's say, the History Channel, that they forgot to talk to the experts, and so they don't. It doesn't have legs. But what it does is it starts dialogue quickly even when something on tv it keeps the 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 whitechapel murders on the front burner we had recently when uh supposed uh shawl uh dna on a shawl kind of uh, uh supposedly confirmed that jack the ripper was this particular suspect and so yeah. we and you were involved with that but it was nice to come back to have discussion with you and then when you had that uh, dialogue with Dr. Turi King, who was the foremost expert in forensic genetics, um, mm. kind, kind, of, kind of embarrassed by what uh, the research was. <laughs> well, it's, you know, the shawl is one of those interesting things is that we, we have the, um, <coughs> the guy who did the, the DNA is, uh, you know, he's fully accredited to do that, and he, he's university employed and so forth. So there's no reason to suppose that he's lying or, or doing anything of that kind uh, at all. So he seems to have genuinely got DNA of these individuals from a shawl that, as far as we know, uh, didn't have anything whatsoever to do with a Jack the Ripper murder. <laughs> right. So it's it's kind of kind of strange. I I I I found that I've, I met both uh, Russell and Jerry, the the, the scientist, um, and they're both they're both fine people, and and I don't think that, and I think they were sort of. Um, taken aback by the, the the hostility that they encountered, right? Um, but again, it's down to the fact that people were just not accepting something which they thought could not conceivably be be true. And and I don't know where I don't understand the DNA side of things. So, right. And I think what Doctor Turi King was Doctor Turi King was talking about was that. Because it was uh, it was placed in a, a, a peer-reviewed journal, a jur- journal of forensic science, mm-hmm. that uh, the they would not have hidden some of the data because peer review means you need peers to review your data. But she, mm-hmm. I remember she was talking to you about it and saying that uh, there were two marker differences, which means it was a mismatch, not a match, and that uh, that and she was actually one of the referees. Uh, prior to putting it in a peer-reviewed journal, and she said that in its in its in its uh, how it's written, it's not ready. And so, mm-hmm. not that she was just completely rejecting it. She said, "In its written." Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the." F- are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You know, so, but they they published it that way, and so she was pretty bothered by that, I recall. And then... Yes, I, I mean, she, she, she... Mind you, I mean, with Turi, when she's talking to you about the DNA, or at least when she's talking to me about the DNA, um, she might as well have been talking to a brick wall. Uh, <laughs> I... I mean, it literally all goes over my head. I've got no, I- no idea what she's talking about. But um, it's and you, you, it's one of those areas where you have to leave that aspect, I think, to the to the scientists when when uh, somebody who isn't a scientist on that level gets involved in trying to debate the argument. It uh, it becomes uh, a little bit amateurish in a way, I suppose. Like well, I bet uh, one particular area was good that it went through uh, the uh, experts, uh, the providence of that shawl, and Ooh. that's where we know about you know, you know, PC Amos Simpson was definitely a scout yard uh, patrol constable, but Catherine Edo's body was not found in their jurisdiction, and I think you guys had it kind of. Uh, shown that, which was a, a quite an interesting aspect of it. Yeah, well, Amos Simpson 
was uh, a metropolitan policeman and Catherine Eddowes in any event was murdered uh, in the within the jurisdiction of the City of London Police hmm. which is an entirely different police force and so not only would Amos Simpson have had no particular purpose at being at that crime scene uh, but he was, uh, as, as you know, the, the Metropolitan Police District is divided up into areas, and his area was nowhere near hmm. the, uh, the East End. So that, that was another reason why he wouldn't have been involved. And I can't imagine that the city police would have given a piece of uh, crime scene evidence Right, such as it was to to a metropolitan policeman, that just doesn't seem to make sense at all. Right, and sadly, there's no uh, no part of the story to tell us why. Uh, right, uh, why why Amos Simpson would have got this, and we, you know, you know that lots of policemen, if they were on duty somewhere in London at the time of Jack the Ripper, then that gets brought into their little story that they they tell and uh, they they recall quite genuinely. I I, I think in many cases mm. how they had to keep an eye out for Jack the Ripper, but in fact they were miles away from the East End uh, at the time. But it gets into their little retirement stories that are put into the newspapers or which the family come to believe. They, right. it, Amos Simpson may never have said that this has anything whatsoever to do with Jack the Ripper. He could have said uh, that it was to do with a Whitechapel murder. And oh, yeah. The family would just assume. Right. And then continue that way for sure. Yeah. The, uh, and also the, the particular suspect involved is actually a credible suspect. The... Uh, and then, uh, so at least uh, we still have kind of discussion with it. I think it was is Kosminski is the one. And that's right. Yes, I mean Aaron Kosminski or Kosminski has been now a suspect. Was, was mentioned in the McNaughton memoranda of of 1892. So he's uh, he's been around for a long time as a suspect, albeit yeah. that we well we still still don't actually know who Kosminski was, although. I think it's fairly certain that it was Aaron Kuzminski, but okay. I know. And then uh, ideas of Nathan Kaminsky, I think, is another. Uh, uh, I think Martin. Yeah. Talked about. So, it's uh, to me, it's uh, the the research is what is exciting. When I first got into this, uh, just like most everyone is like, okay, this is kind of a cool mystery. Let's see. You know what I can do, and uh, but then immediately I realized when I grabbed my my first brand new 1996 copy of Jack the Ripper A to Z, I realized, oh my gosh, there is a lot of information here. <laughs> that there's actually a phenomenal amount of research within one particular suspect, one particular police officer. Every single aspect is being researched. Yes, it's it's. It's. Uh, it's. I think it's one of the exciting things about Jack the Ripper, and I, I say this all the time. And it's a point that people get bored with it. But what 
interests me, I think, is that a subject like Jack the Ripper, it gives the opportunity to everybody um, to look for and research and, and perhaps find uh, some tidbit of new information which uh, is always welcome and always interesting. But there are, uh, and getting fewer, I'm afraid, uh, real feathers that people can get to put in their cap um, by doing their research. Uh, I mean, just for example, one would be a photograph of, of Inspector Abilene. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have one. Whoever comes up with that will probably be made in in Ripper circles for the foreseeable future. Right, um, right. Along with whoever identifies Mary Kelly, or you know, there are there are these things that are out there for people to to find. But it's the little bits of information that are so. Uh, so welcome that just helped to flesh out the stories and, and to tell us more about what was going on. And that's something that anybody can do. You don't have to have a university degree in in, in history or, or anything. It's just a matter of reading books and uh, looking at original source material and doing everything else. And, um, and there are people out there who are doing brilliant jobs at, uh, at doing that well the i think you're going to be uh, reading a book soon by tracy eanson she's finding some more material on that suspect jacob levy uh that's so right, yeah so she she's uh, talking about some exciting things so that's really interesting to see what that is too uh yes indeed i'm waiting waiting for that she's uh that book has been promised for a for a little while so um, I'm I'm quite uh, on tenterhooks to be able to see <laughs> to see right. that one. Right, and uh, but I do know that uh, you know sometimes waiting on the publisher, <laughs> it's like you're promising and then it, it it doesn't happen for another six months or so. <laughs> I know it's it's it, but it it's been it's been on the stocks for for quite a while. So and I, I, Adam Woods publishing it, and I was talking to Adam earlier today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, hopefully, he'll be, uh, be 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 on that as soon as uh, as soon as possible. Well, make sure he uh, keeps on working on his next Ripperologist article issue too. He's got to get that out. <laughs> yes, that, that's what we were talking about today. Fortunately, the slight delay that he's uh, been been going through. Uh, over the last few months uh, has meant that uh, I was able to finish off uh, another pile of book reviews so we got a huge book, <laughs> book oh, great. section this time around <laughs> but uh, not too many Ripper books in it unfortunately mostly yeah. related titles but uh, right. yeah. yeah and I think I have an article in that particular one coming out so I'm looking forward oh, good. to it right. <laughs> So Don't give him a bad yeah. review of that one. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's when my next book comes out. <laughs> yeah. well, do you think there's any real new information that's coming out or has come out lately? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, lot of stuff coming along. Uh, it, it's. I have to say that that I'm very grateful that that I've got um, to 
co-authors uh, along with Keith uh, on the upcoming A to Z because it's terribly difficult to try and keep up with all the new stuff that's coming out it may not be um, massively important uh, but there's a lot of uh, fresh genealogical information emerging uh, people have been doing a lot of research into the uh, so-called non-canonical victims so they you know they're identifying them and, and their histories and where they came from that work is, has always been going on but is is continuing to go on and I think that that there's a lot in that area there's a, a I'm hoping that we will see a lot more emerging as people look at some of the peripheral characters and help to build up the story um, an area of, of particular interest of mine which I, I'm getting around to bit by bit is the way in which Jack the Ripper is, is I think probably unique in that uh, the, the impact that he, he's made on on, uh, on social history and, and the fact that we've had uh, you know United States bomber in the Second World War was called Jack the Ripper there was a train called Jack the Ripper there's a toilet spray called Jack the Ripper a strain of marijuana called Jack the Ripper uh, I have that toilet spray right in front of me by the way I do <laughs> I actually have it on a shelf just just behind me. Uh, they must have uh, done remarkably well with, it's with called the laboratory Jack toilet spray. <laughs> but you know that have all the way in which Jack the Ripper has impacted in that way on on uh, on things today. And in the Ripperologist, for a long time, every issue we would have. Uh, various quotes that people had uh, recently things that people had recently said that involved Jack the Ripper usually sort of comparisons but um, there's no other person I think who has made such a big impact on on us, you 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 can you can drink a Jack the Ripper beer. You can go and have, which I don't necessarily approve of, but you can go and have Elizabeth Stride Burger. You can do. Uh, there are restaurants, there are clubs, there there are movies. Jack the Ripper crops up in television programs, and goodness knows how many um, storylines for television, movies, and everything else have got. Uh, been inspired, if you like, by by Jack the Ripper, yeah. and th so there's a, a huge untapped area there for people to start doing research if they felt so inclined. It's, it doesn't help us uh, identify who the Ripper was, but I'm not that bothered about that aspect of of the case personally. I, I'm just uh, amazed at the way that the Ripper has, as I say, impacted on 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 society. Well, why do you think um, that is? Like, what wh what is it about the Ripper? I mean, you've re reviewed a lot of writers and read a lot about mm. this and written. What what is it 
exactly about the Ripper because there's been far worse killers and there's been far more violent killers and, and things, but what sticks out about Jack the Ripper that we have spray in our bathroom, you know? I think, <laughs> well, I don't, well, I think it all goes back originally to the fact that in 1888, uh, people, senior police officers and members of the judiciary and, and uh, doctors, they, un they, they knew about serial killers. They didn't have the terminology that we do today, so they didn't, uh, you know, they didn't start off with, they didn't call them serial killers. They, they knew about uh, these people, and there was a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, discussion about, um, ab about them, and they, they were trying to decide whether it was some sort of moral degeneracy or, or whatever it might have been. But the average person, the average man in the street, didn't know about serial killing. And the idea with Jack the Ripper was that he murdered... Uh, women who had nothing and the, these murders that had no obvious gain were frightening and they I don't think people really understand just how scared people were in, in 1888 mm. yeah. and this was a new and terrifying phenomenon the idea that there was somebody out there who you'd never harmed never even met who wanted to hurt you and even kill you was for most people something that was completely and absolutely new and that led people to speculate they they tried to give jack the ripper a motive and that's where we get the ideas of the deranged doctor, the mad midwife and the, uh, the the religious fanatic and so forth and that's what people did for years afterwards they would speculate about what sort of person the Ripper was and that continued right up until really the 1960s and I suppose one of the last people seriously to do that would have been Robin O'Dell. He wasn't naming a suspect, an individual, but he was referring to the type of individual that the Ripper might have been. And I think that, that once that ball started rolling, once the mystery uh, sort of took a hold, then Jack the Ripper, and very, very quickly... I mean, I'm, I'm talking about within years of the the murders. Uh, Jack the Ripper start, took on a, a, another life. So we had the real murderer, but we also had another character who was um, a sort of gothic horror creation who uh, inspired books and stage plays and stories like The Lodger by Belloc Lowndes. And... Uh, that's carried on through to today. Now, no other murderer would do that again because there would only been one that started it. Mm. And so, and also, history is a fairly arbitrary thing. I, I often ask myself, of all the marshals in the Wild West, 
there's only one really that sticks in everybody's mind and that's why it's up and you think to yourself well why he wasn't necessarily the most upright law officer at the time but uh, but he's the one that people people remember it's like Al Capone is the gangster that uh, the people mostly remember yeah. Mm. And and I think Jack comes out of it that way, but I think it, it the whole origin is in the fear that mm. the crimes created at the time and the way the people subsequently tried to explain and get rid of that fear by providing Jack with some under what for them was an understandable motive. Within the community, Jack the Ripper uh, community, what is it that makes people so serious? Uh, you know, like their opinion or their idea, their book is the right one and everyone else is wrong. Like, they're so uh, aggressive toward each other. Right, Al, mine's right. Remember that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Paul, did I interrupt you? <laughs> uh, well, I, you know. I always let the little people go first. Um, I think that what it boils down to, to be honest, I've thought about that quite a bit. Now, uh, I think the trouble is, is that uh, people come to Jack the Ripper and they do their research and they read the books and they think about the books and they think about what they've read and uh, they they decide whether what they've read is is right or wrong and they invest something of themselves into that conclusion and when that conclusion gets challenged they take that personally instead of realizing that it's the theory that's uh, been attacked they think it's them that's been attacked and that and you know it's understandable we we all feel that way and i think uh, i i would certainly do and i think everybody else does as well it's very tough to take yourself out of things and and uh and say no you're you're actually right there or i'm sorry or whatever it's people defend their own thinking they've invested a lot of themselves into it mm-hmm. Fake news. so I think that's one reason why and I gotta tell you that uh, to me if any anyone wanted to kind of get involved with this now they need to uh, to me in my opinion is is get Jack Ripper A to Z Pro- even, uh, even one of your older ones but whenever your new one comes up because it really does give a good overview and then if you get interested in a particular area for example for me my suspect is buried an hour and a half away from me so that started my interest so this right here is, uh, uh, would be the first thing I would recommend definitely from uh, Paul well, that's very kind. That's very kind. But the interesting thing is that in the early days of when I was getting involved in the subject, uh, I was fascinated by the fact that so many people at that time, and there weren't some back in 1988, there weren't that many books around. Um, but a lot of people like yourself, uh, it's interesting what you just said, 
they get involved because there is a local connection. Yes. And I suppose, in a way, but I, having been born and bred in Cardiff, which is where Mary Kelly is supposed to have uh, gone and, um, uh, and, and been introduced to prostitution by her cousin who was living there. Mm. And so <clears throat> I, I went to the local library and was looking through the uh, local evening newspaper uh, hoping that the, that the South Wales Echo and the Western Mail would actually be containing it, would have done some research and uh, and found out more about Mary Kelly being a local person, um, which unfortunately they they didn't really do. But uh, there were other people who were interested. Either, strangely enough, they either became interested in they were interested in Druid, and through that became interested in the local history of Blackheath, or they were interested in the local history of Blackheath and then got interested in Druid. Mm, right. And so they had a, a, a wider range of specialist knowledge uh, about areas, and that was always very useful to have as well, because they knew more about <coughs> the area mm -hmm. than I would have done, and lived there and they right they knew the knew all the uh, the history and and so forth so that was that's another interesting aspect of the case it, it, you can you can pick up on the local right features that are mm. local to you so ripperologist uh, what is it and how do people get a hold of it well the magazine yeah yeah, um, well, it started, Ripperologist started off uh, as, the, um, as, as the, 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 the club magazine of a, of a society called the Cloak and Dagger Club, which is now called the Whitechapel Society, and it, um, it then took off on its own, and it's been going now for about... Oh gosh, how many issues have we done now? Something a hundred and fifty around there, yes. Odd issues, something like that, of uh, of thirty, forty, fifty, sixty pages uh, a time. Yes. And uh, if you look it up on the internet, you'll find the, the the contact details there, and it's free. So all you have to do is subscribe. Uh, to it and uh, provide your email address and with any luck uh, it will duly land on your computer <laughs> yeah it's not the yeah, doorstep I was, trying, I was going to say doorstep and I was, I was desperate, desperately trying to think of an alternative wow so now you've but, got yes. several books out do you have a website yourself as well or do they just get it through Amazon? no no, nope. no, it's just Amazon. Okay, well, perfect. If uh, if people are are interested, it's uh, um, I think uh, I'm not sure if they're all still in print anymore. To be honest, I I know that. Um, well, there's still about ten of them are. <laughs> <laughs> and I've even seen your very first 1979 book there too. <laughs> yes, that that crops up. That's uh, into thin air. That's. Uh, Yes, that's my 
my fond little child looking back <laughs> on that one. Yeah. Well, Paul, it's been wonderful talking with you, and uh, we'll have your books up on our website so people listening can just go one click and pick up your book. Um, oh, that's been, good. Thank you. We've been talking Jack the Ripper, and we've had Paul Begg with us. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for inviting me. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts or shows go to www.houseofmystery.com show is over for now was it as good for you as it was for me well good night this has been a production of something weird media i'll be back